Well, good evening. <clears throat> by God's providence, we are here. We have made it to the end of the year through his, by his providence and his graces. Uh, this evening, I want to give you a, uh, deliver to you a New Year's message coming from the book of 2 John. That is 2 John. We'll be looking at verses 1 I mean, chapter 1, verses 4 through 6. That is 2 John 1, 4 through 6. This is God's holy and errant word. I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we were commanded by the Father. And now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just if you had heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. A glorious heavenly Father, again, you have providentially brought us to this day, to this dawn of 2023, and we now have 2024 before us. You have kept us, and you therefore have the works that you've given us before the foundation of this world for us to carry out in 2024. We ask that as we now hear your word that you would indeed be equipping us to that end. We pray that you, again, would illumine our minds and our hearts so that we would understand all that you would have us to know and understand. Ultimately, that we would be molded and shaped into the image of our Lord and that we would represent him well in 2024. Would you do all this to the praise of your glory? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, here we are again. God has providentially, as I've said, brought us through another year and into the cusp of a new one, 2024. Now, as you, as well as you know, it's that time again. A time it never gets old. We make them, we break them, and we make them again. I'm talking about New Year's resolutions. Here I believe it's worth repeating what I found out and mentioned last year around this time. And that is 80% of all New Year's resolutions go out the window by February 1st. Now when I pointed that out, and I, and I knew that personally, if you remember my story about trying to lose weight for 10 years and having that resolution and failing and whatever the case may be. But now when I pointed that out last year, I must say that my mind was focused on the 80% failure rate and not on the 20% success. And it was out of that context that I exhorted us to reconsider the resolutions that we typically make and instead embrace the following as our primary resolution. Namely, this year, that is 2023, I wanna grow in the knowledge of Christ my Lord. It's a resolution that you cannot fail in if you have his indwelling spirit. Now, subsequent to, to that exhortation in January, it so happened that I was scheduled to preach at the exactly the midpoint of June of 2023, and providentially, the text that I had lent itself to me asking the question, how are we doing? How are we doing in the area of intentionally pursuing our growth in Christ? Now, since I was in the midst of preaching, I didn't expect to hear folks start howling answers to me. After all, this Presbyterian church. Oh, Dean, we're doing great. 
child, you know, I went to Bible study and Sunday school last week. I ain't never did that twice in one week like that, right? I've never done that before. I'm telling you, Dean, I'm growing in my affections for the things of Christ, and it's great. Nah, in the midst of my sermon, I didn't expect to hear words like that. But I tell you what, as a result of being among you in 2023, I know and would venture to say that Senior Pastor Caleb and Pastor Carl would join me in saying we know exactly how the Apostle John felt when he penned verse 4 of our passage. Look at what John wrote. He said, he wrote, I rejoice greatly to find some. And notice he said some, not all. I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth. He's, he's speaking here to the elect lady is who he's, he's addressing. And that is a local expression of Christ's body at that time, much as we are a local expression of his body. Let me tell you, there is no greater feeling now, brothers and sisters, for a person who truly feels called by God, called to serve his people, and who is 100% convinced of the truth of God's word. There is no greater feeling for that person than to see God's people living their lives in a manner that pleases God and doing so not according to the dictates of their own hearts, but according to the truth of God's word in line with Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord God with all your heart. Not, do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. So it's an awesome thing when a pastor, when the shepherds, the session, everyone who wants and lead, leads God's people to see God's people loving the Lord and leaning on him and resting in him and thereby working in and through the power of the Spirit. It's a beautiful thing that warms the heart when you see that. The Apostle Paul said he rejoiced greatly to find some. I believe I can join the others in saying the session, the other pastors, and, and so on and so forth, in saying that we rejoice greatly to see that there were many among us in 2023 who embraced God's word and then responded with works that testified to the affections that were birthed in them from for Christ and for his people. I have fond memories of, of the laughs and gaffs that we had in, in Sunday school while we were working through Sunday school classes together, learning God's word together. You know, there were times when I had more than 40 individuals in my Sunday school class, and then we would report to one another uh, concerning the numbers that we had, and I had the least amount of people in my class when I had 40 individuals. That's something that just warms the heart, that we're coming together, learning together, through it all like that. And so we rejoiced to see that sort of faithfulness in terms of learning God's word. I think of the youth department and the work of Sam and, and Ashley. You know, we, we had our youth uh, minister leave, and then we, these individuals, Sam and Ashley, took over in the interim roles, and, and they led their team in such a wonderful way, coming alongside and partnering with parents in the nurture and discipline of our young ones and how well and seeming, uh, seamlessly that went about. It just warms the heart again. You know, I turned, I looked at Facebook and then I, I inquired and found out that CCS, our young kids, our greatest ministry, our biggest ministry, not greatest, biggest ministry, had their kids down at Gateway Rescue Mission, feeding the homeless, feeding the poor, working at, young, at a young age doing that sort of work 
Why? Because they're prompted by the truth of Scripture. And so now they manifested that by going out and taking care of those who needed care. Warms the heart. Moses Basket, reaching out to the neighborhood. Reaching out to the neighborhood and the foster care uh, programs and so on and so forth. Four, connect four events throughout the year. ESL, can't begin to even tell you about the fun that we have serving the nations that have come right here to our church through our English as a Second Language program, the backpack giveaway. We all came together. It, it, it was just a few weeks where I noticed, spoke to Ann Smith, the most diverse school in the entire state of Michigan, elementary school. I don't know if you know that or not. But I spoke to them and asked them, what do you need? What can we do? And they said, oh, it would be great if you gave us backpacks and supplies. And so I came to the congregation, and in no time at all, the majority of families in this church gave. Why? Because they're prompted and moved by God's word. Sunbeams night out. We have this core of taking care of special needs individuals. And not just taking care of them, but letting them serve in our church. Serve in our church in every area of our church, I might add. And it's such a wonderful thing that we've done that. That culminated. So we had these sunbeams night out where we hosted and given respite to all these different parents. And then it culminated in us going out with these gift deliveries to different homes throughout. And I'm, I'm, I'll never forget, as long as I live, going to, to Connor's house and we singing carols and Connor's just moving back and forth with joy and stuff like that. That is what the things you do when you're prompted by God's word. You believe in it and then you manifest it through works. I could talk about American Heritage Girl and Jim Kim, uh, Jennifer Kimbrough, Brad Hatchett and Trail Life. All the different ministries, so many things going on here. Oh, can I talk about the deacons? Can I brag about the deacons and all the things that they did as they went to homes and, and helped families and provided as you provided funds, they provided funds to the needy. All again moved by the exhortation to grow in the image of Christ, to reflect the work that Christ did as he walked in the earth. Now to be clear, I'm not saying that all the great God-honoring things that occurred in this church in 2023 was in response to my exhortation to a small number of this congregation. But I would say that it seems to me that God, in line with his word, chose to honor the heart and spirit of all those who are in leadership here at this church, who are committed to his word and will not move from it to the left or to the right, as God said to Joshua in Joshua 1. And I don't believe there's anyone, but I don't believe there's anyone among us who had a problem with me putting forth an exhortation for us to corporately grow in the knowledge of our Lord. And so with that in mind, I have four words for you as we go into 2024. Let's do it again. In 2024, let's continue to commit ourselves to growing in the knowledge of our Lord. You know, I think of an elder and his wife, they're sitting here, and I believe they hit like 51 years. And so every year, they say to each other, you know what, let's do it for one more year. Now, it doesn't mean that they're going to, to quit and say, oh, no, this year didn't work, so we're done. They have a commitment until death do us part, but every year they say, let's do it for one more year. You know, it's been fun. And I just love to hear them say that. And so I say the same thing to us as a church. We have a long-term view of serving our God, but let's do it for one more year. 
Let's commit ourselves intentionally to do it for one more year. And so that's the what. But the question is, what about the how? How should we commit ourselves? The first answer I have is by living out our mission statement. And we have that printed in our bulletin every single week, our mission statement. We should live out our mission statement. But then, as it's more specific to our text that we have before us, I suggest that there's two things that John provides, two overarching ways that we should commit ourselves to growing in the name, in the image of our Lord. First, we should commit ourselves by and through the pursuit of truth. And we should commit ourselves by and through the practical, secondly, the practice of living, of loving one another. Now, let's briefly look at these two things. First, we should commit ourselves by and through the pursuit of truth. Since I've already said a lot, so much that was related to this point, I'm just going to here briefly remind you of a few things concerning truth. First, the word of God is truth. In this culture, where moral relativism has been elevated to a place of prominence, where whatever you think is right is right, where that's been lifted to a place of prominence and the word of God has been pushed out. In 2024, we who belong to God, we need to remind ourselves not to be conformed to the thoughts and patterns of this world. Instead, we need to commit ourselves to the knowledge of that which is absolutely right and true, and that is God's word. Secondly, Christ Jesus is the truth. Be reminded on the Mount of Transfiguration, after Peter suggested the, the building of three tents, one for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for Jesus, God the Father spoke from heaven and said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. He is the one who has the words of life. He is the word that became flesh in John 1.14. We are in him. It is in him that we move and have our being. He is the true bread that came down from heaven, and thus he is the one who we should commit ourselves to and learn of and submit to. Lastly, the Holy Spirit is also truth. You don't hardly hear that, but listen to what 1 John 5, 6 says concerning the Spirit. And the Spirit is the one who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. It is he who indwells us. It is he who points us to Christ. And so in 2024, let us commit ourselves to submitting to his guidance. So God has given us the means of grace necessary for our growth. He's given us his word. He's given us prayer. He's given us the sacraments. Are we engaging in these things? Are we taking advantage of the availability that we have at these things in our church to the degree that we should? Now, speaking to you guys here, that's like speaking to the choir. Of course you are. That's why you're here, you see? But let us commit ourselves to continue doing that and not fall away in any sense of the world. The leaders of this church have crafted programs, like I said, Sunday school, Bible studies. And by the way, in 2023, you had women Bible study falling out from one ear out the other door. They'd be like, where you going, this? Where you going, that? And then men study and all sorts of stuff. And so the church was robust with the word of God being taught in every area all the time. And so are we taking advantage of those things so that we might grow? The answer is yes, we were. And let's commit it. Let's continue to be committed to doing exactly 
that. Now, the second way in which we can commit ourselves to growing in Christ, according to this text, is by loving one another. Here, John actually ties loving one another to biblical obedience. Look at verses 5 and 6. It reads, And now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment. I ask you now, church, not as though I would write unto you a new commandment, but the one we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment just as you have heard it from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. It's an imperative, a command to love one another. John points us back to the fact that this imperative was given to us by the very one of whom the Father said, listen to him. It is Christ, the one who said, love your neighbor as yourself. He is the one that said that we are to love one another. And when you look through the pages of scripture, you see all sorts of love, all sorts of one another's in terms of how we're supposed to relate to one another. But all of them are tied and bound together by the fact that we should love one another. And love is not just a gooey, gooey feeling. When you look at 1 Corinthians 13, you see that love is an action. It is something that we do and as we engage in. So since this is, the, this is the case, how can we do anything less than aspire since our Lord has told us to love one another? Since throughout scripture we are told that, how can we do anything less in 2024 than to aspire to do exactly that, to continue to show and continue to grow in our love for one another? And how does that look, you ask? There are several examples that can be given, like I said, in scripture but here this evening, let me just share Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 with you. It reads, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. The writer of Hebrews says that some habitually miss the corporate times of gathering, but that's not who we should be, he's saying he says we should have minds that are always thinking about the ways that we can encourage one another. Well, guess what? You can't do that if you're not organically involved. You can't do that if you're not present. All the different uh, elements, all the different venues that I talked about, you can't encourage folks if you're not there. Look, when pastors, for instance, I, I speak for Pastor Kelly, not for myself, right? He, so he studies for 20 hours for a sermon, right? And he knows that he is serving the Lord with all his heart, mind, and soul. He's investing himself into it because he knows that God is using him. And so then he comes here to preach to the folks that God has given him to preach to. And there's not the people, many of the people who need to hear it the most are not there to hear it. You see how that works? So it is loving for the folks in the pews to be here to grow in the image of Christ and to do that through supporting by hearing him preaching and teaching. And likewise, those that are in the pews, the folks that are in the church, it is loving for the pastors to sacrificially give of themselves, to visit them, to find out what's going forth with you, to pray for you, to be organically involved in the life of the church. 1 Corinthians 12 says that we all have gifts. And so some of us are mouths, some of us are legs, and so on and so forth. But if the mouths are sitting up here talking, but the legs are not working, then how are we going to move along? 
We have to move along as a body. We have to commit ourselves to organically working together for the purpose of advancing God's kingdom. All of us have gifts. All of us are called to operate in those gifts. And it's when we operate in those gifts, we bring mighty and glory, glory to God as we work together in that manner. Amen? So the writer of Hebrews says that we should not habitually miss the things. You have people that come to church once a month, maybe twice a month. Can they really encourage the folks who are here that are hurting? The folks who are here who would be inspired by them to come together to move organically. Like I said, when we sat down and when we sit down in Sunday school, all of us together, and we're there laughing and gaffing, but we're learning the word of God together. We're encouraging one another, just as Hebrew says, to encourage one another the more that we see the day approaching. And so we go out together and we learn together. We love together. We even go out together in the community together and we do things together. Why again? Because we're operating on the truth of God's word. So there's so many different ways that we can express love to one another. And the question becomes, Lord, how do I express love to my brother or my sister in this particular situation? If love means laying down my life sacrificially for another, there's no greater love than a man lay down his life for another. How does that look in this particular area? Any area that I might be in, how does that look? Now, we know that none of us can be at everything, but we do know that God has given us stewardship, and all of us have to figure out what that is. And so the commitment should be to fulfill your potential according to the gifts that the Lord has given you. So, in 2024, how about we commit ourselves afresh to growing in the knowledge of our Lord? How about we commit ourselves to living in the light of God's word, truth? <laughs> Today, I opened uh, the computer and I saw an article that said that the church has gotten it wrong in terms of the LGBTQ community. That according to Galatians 3.28 that says there's no male or female, that that means that we are to love. This is the context and the culture and the society that we live in. You hear me? And if we are not educated in the word of God, if we're not walking in the truth of God, if we're not supporting and encouraging one another, you'll be shocked to see how some people will fall astray and they will imbibe the things of this world and not walk in truth folks among us and so it is contingent upon those of us who love the Lord who are called by God to operate in his gifts and graces to encourage others and to keep ourselves from stumbling as we walk with one another so how about we walk in truth how about we keep at the forefront how about we keep at the forefront of our thinking how we might best corporately and individually, as I said, express love to one another. And how about we do all to the glory of Christ, in the honor of the Spirit, and to the praise of the Father. These three, of whom it is rightly written, belong all honor, glory, praise, and majesty, now and forevermore. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for this time that you've given us. Uh, you are the one that's brought us to this point, this the cusp of this new year. You're the one that have kept us again 
And that means that the works that you have ordained from the foundation of the world for us, that they're still before us. And so we ask that you, by the power of your spirit, for we can do nothing outside of your spirit. We ask by the power of your spirit that you would indeed move us forward as a corporate body, as this local expression of your body. We ask that you would cause us to unite in greater ways than ever seen before. We thank you for all the things that you've done in and through us in the mission field, locally. We thank you for all the ways that we have served the community together and just all the ways that we have come together as your body and imbibed your word and learned and grow together. But we ask that we would not stray now in 2024, but you would indeed cause us to unite even more, that we would have a zeal to grow and learn of our Lord and our Savior, that we would have a zeal to walk as he did, that we would have a zeal to emulate the things that he did, and that we would do all these things all to the praise of your glory. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.